0: Hey gang, your humble host here. We had some massive audio problems recording this one. Skype was lagging for whatever reason, to the point where we had to stop the phone calls and start over. And this was actually recorded over two separate days, Tuesday and Thursday, avoiding Penguins playoff games. So I pieced it together pretty well, but if you hear the occasional lag or maybe a weird edit, that's why. But it's certainly listenable, enjoyable, a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's get to the show. everyone, Joe Gagner here, welcoming you to edition number 74 of Joe vs. the World. Joining me as always, the host of the Justin Shapiro Show. He's a monster, a monster, and we'll gauge its strength as the show progresses. This is Justin Shapiro. Justin, how you doing?
1: Surprise! We're doing a show. It's like when Larry David calls up all his rich friends and says, Boys, we're doing another season. Can you be in Hollywood in six days? And I say, yes. They say, have you done any research of our plots? And I say, no. Quite frankly, what occurred to me when you gave me the green light for this episode was I think we have reached the point where technology and information has caught up to the service we provide, and it is now no longer necessary at all. (laughs) That's true. You can watch every pay-per-view on the WWE Network, (laughs) which is way over the top. The Observer back issues are past what we're going to do. And I'm guessing the Raw episodes will also be up in about, uh, I don't know, a few months from now. So this is it, guys. It's been a good run. And uh, (laughs) like your video rental store, we are now (laughs) no longer necessary.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't see those 1996 episodes of Superstars coming up. uh, Nor the vaunted uh, Action Zone and Mania.
1: Heck yes, finally. Sophie.
0: Finally. Like we have a niche. We'll be like, doing
1: Jack versus the World in a few years.
0: <laughs> I can't wait. What, well, so
1: now that everyone has access to the uh, all the secrets we've been telling them, what lies that we told do we have to cop to now to maintain our credibility?
0: I think uh we're pretty factually actually clear for the
1: most part I think people can call us on it now that they have the footage we should admit there was never a wrestler called the Berserker obviously (laughs) I mean that was ridiculous yeah yeah, that was stupid a sword yeah what was his finisher throwing guys over the top rope Hmm. some eat fed shit
0: (laughs) I uh, I um, would like uh, both enjoy and fear Dave Meltzer listening and be like oh mm -mm. I don't know about that
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about Mr. Dave Meltzer. <laughs>
0: this
1: is not <laughs> But the day I'm going to go to bat for him if you want a time capsule. <laughs> it's recording. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he follows me on Twitter, which I find oh. uh, I was quite surprised. He must have me mixed up with one of the AWA Ganyas. <laughs> it's my only explanation.
1: I don't know. You must have been his go-to correspondent for those 80s kings of the ring,
0: <laughs>
1: right? Or <laughs> in my neck of the woods. Does, Yeah, uh-huh. All right, well... Facts uh, a
0: bit of a programming note, we are on to 1996 in the WWF. Like Willie just, Clinton! <laughs> things are just so packed with news and events, we are only doing the first three months, but I have no oh, doubt this will be a fairly... This will be a standard normal size show, especially with all the bullshit we've done the first <laughs> five minutes or so. Uh, we are in the midst of the Monday Night War... So you basically have your one hour Raw, taped four in one night, so one live and three taped. Superstars and the aforementioned Mania in Action Zone. I do want to note they were back to the original Raw theme, the da 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 So you across the nation fans, you keep holding out hope.
1: Do you mean da 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 Okay. Glad I checked. <laughs> <laughs> from, if you know anything about uh, wrestling video games, I don't know if you ever played those, Joe uh, <laughs> Had that? they make those? Yeah, that one where Diesel threw people high in the air that played yeah. the Raw theme a lot so that's, that was my go-to in an age before whatever sound clip you wanted was available on the internet I was like, it's
0: Raw, it's Raw right now not really <laughs> <clears throat> alright, well January, only one place to start. On January 1st, 1996, we had the Raw Bowl. Uh, at its core, this was a four-way tag title match between the Smoking Guns, Razor Ramon and Savio Vega, Owen and Yokozuna, Owen Hart, that is, and the 1-2-3 Kid and Psycho Sid. This would be notable enough. I believe this is the first, I guess, I guess fatal four-way or, or multi-person style event in the Fed. I don't know if there's a name for those, but this is the... Your triple threats and whatnot. This is the first one we had seen. And uh, since it was airing on New Year's Day, although taped before, the time of many college football bowl games, we had the Raw Bowl. The competitors wore jerseys and charcoal under their eyes. Earl Hebner was dressed as a football referee. Brother Love gave an inspirational speech to no one backstage. And the wrestlers could call one time out. The Brooklyn Brawler gave out the Steve Lombardi trophy to the winner.
1: <laughs> That's new to me. <laughs> I get it. I can't say I did at the time.
0: There was as much dedication to this alternate reality as our friend Alan has during WrestleMania season. And the puns—oh, just in the puns! A concentrated attack was deemed a blitz. A change in momentum was called a turnover. Sid was speculated to be in the WAC conference. I was going to <laughs> do a running tally. I hit fifteen before the opening bell and just gave up.
1: What about the jersey numbers? Most, some had uh, individualized numbers, right?
0: I believe so. I don't remember. Uh, the
1: one-two-three kid was one-two-three.
0: Well, oh, there you I go. I think
1: Yakuzuma's number was his weight. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, um, hmm. I don't remember the rest of them. Sid probably had some kind of crazy number, like, like 69 or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, uh, the actual match itself is, uh, is fine. You could tag anyone, so two partners could be in the ring at the same time, which led to some shenanigans. Kid pinned Razor after a clothesline from Sid, although Savio called the timeout, and the stupid ref missed it, of course. Uh, there was a real good finish where Yokozuna was going to bonsai-slash Bart. Owen was standing at Bart's feet, talking trash, so Billy grabbed Bart, pulled him underneath Owen. Bart grabbed Owen as he was being pulled, and Owen basically fell into Bart's place and got bonsai-dropped. And the end saw the guns throw the kid on top of Sid, which was <laughs> too much for him to kick out of. And last thing of note, Vince said the NAACP was investigating Ted DiBiase, I guess there wasn't much diversity in the corporation outside of Tatanka.
1: What race is Kama?
0: <laughs> I forgot about Kama.
1: Voodoo. <laughs> uh, it's not a race. I just forget the word for that nation. Um, you know. Yeah. The Voodoo okay. Isles. <laughs> Moving on. I looked it up to be sure, and I have the numbers. Owen Hart wore number one. Okay. Fitting his name, Yakuzuma. <laughs> <laughs> 641, which he may must have been at that point, and growing. Razor Moon wore four, which I might guess is his number of intercontinental titles at the time.
0: That is correct, actually.
1: Savio Vega wore the word Uno. <laughs> Cultural sensitivity and inclusiveness <laughs> carried over to last night's... <laughs> Cinco de Mayo Ceremony. Sid wore double zero. That was the crazy number I was thinking. Can you imagine a man that psycho to choose no numbers as his number? Kid wore one, two, three. Uh, Bart wore 45. And Billy wore 38. Which may have been anticipating the number of tag titles he would win. (laughs) Uh, And Bart's number must have been the number of seconds he lasted against Butterbean. (laughs)
0: Oh. Bart gun burn. <laughs> oh, we got vignettes for the debut of Vader. Vader in Just a barn. Standing in a field, punching a heavy bag and jumping on a trampoline. Not the best not their best effort. Uh big acquisition for the WWF. Biggest Sluger, maybe? I'd say it's in terms of at least on paper. Right, of guys going from
1: from Atlanta to New York. <laughs> the sizeability. So, um, based on your recap of his actions, have I created the memory in my mind of Vader moonsaulting a big pile of hay in a barn? <laughs> I think so. Oh I God. went back and checked. It was pretty much him in a field. <laughs> I have such a vivid picture of Vader doing moonsaults onto a big pile of hay somehow.
0: <laughs> okay, well... Justin, people can call us out on this now. You've got to be careful.
1: This is... Huh. Must have been just a... A recurring joke that became fact in my mind. I
0: guess uh, we were all excited still for this. Santa
1: Claus to me, <laughs> as a man told Dave Meltzer in the early nineties.
0: <laughs> uh, I think we're all pretty pumped for this. It never worked out. He debuted in the Rumble, and spoiler, he did not win. How do we? How do we feel about this? I guess it's different for Vader because he had kind of a spotlight sequence where Alexander Rusev. Debuted and did nothing and got eliminated. Not quite the same.
1: Yes, Vader even eliminated Shawn Michaels in a suspect enforcement <laughs> of the established Royal Rumble rules. He was allowed to go back in because, uh, <laughs> <the> President, <laughs> was somehow not cited the subsequent year, although I guess they did try to make good on it.
0: Yes. Although, uh, in past years, we'll get to this later on, but, um, if you were pulled out by someone already eliminated, it, it counted as an elimination. See, for example, Bad News Brown pulling out Roddy Piper in 1990.
1: Absolutely. So. See, I mean, we all remember when Wade Barrett pulled Bo Dallas out of the 2012-13 <laughs> Royal Rumble.
0: <laughs> we do. Sure. So. That, I don't know if this is up, if that's up there. I believe Vader jumping into Hay, more, I believe, is said.
1: <laughs> now, that's a true thing I've just said.
0: Oh, wow. Goodness me. All right.
1: Uh, we I had remember, men- I'm sorry, are we still on the Raw Bowl?
0: <laughs> we actually moved on. That's why we're talking about Vader.
1: But it wasn't Vader advertised on the Raw Bowl episode the first?
0: Yes, he was. Okay, I believe so,
1: so. I remember that being, because now that Nitro was there and um, World Wrestling Federation superstars were turning up and anything can happen, et cetera, Rob Bowl before the the billionaire skit startup up soon was felt like the first time to me WWF was actually trying to do something to push back against the, mm. all the he beats the big guy with three super kicks and things like that and it well, was they fought back <laughs> it, it was hyped big time it had the words Rob Bowl which sounded really consequential I guess. And then I was so excited for this Raw Bowl. When do they tell you that the next Raw is going to be so special as to contain a Raw Bowl? And then I was like on Grandstand Wrestling or whatever uh, website (laughs) I did not know I was getting information from at the time. I was just like, what is wrestling? And they would send me there, and then they just spoiled the whole Raw. I was like, how do you know? That's not fair. (laughs) I wanted to watch that.
0: Uh, no fun. But I,
1: I guess it did help that they were like, "Yeah, it's just a weird four tag team match." Already. Though now I meant to ask you when you brought up the inaugural multi-person uh, encounter, weren't they doing um, some combination of Bret, Shawn, Undertaker, and Diesel in, in weird triangle matches around this time on the house shows?
0: Oh, maybe I'll have to uh, research this here. Not 60,000 words we yeah, have
1: for, for
0: these no. <laughs> It's only 6,000, I'll have you know. All right, I will try to uh, We'll move on. We had mentioned uh, Skip and Sonny firing Rad Radford at the end of 1995 after they lost a the tag title match. Well, they had a match that uh, Skip won after interference from his cousin Zip. This was Dr. Tom Pritchard, who cut off most of his hair, which I felt bad about. He was originally to be called Flip, (laughs) and Vince Vince called him that repeatedly. (laughs) But I guess there was a singing duo called Skip and Flip from the 60s who trademarked the name. So there you go. And I like how to refill the tag division. They took two singles acts and basically doubled them. It'd be like now if they said, uh, Dolph Ziggler has a cousin, Rolf, who's also a (laughs) show.
1: Is the other one the new
0: Rockers? Uh, Oh, and the Godwins. Yeah, that was all of them. I
1: forgot about the Rockers. Uh Yeah, basically. That is bizarre. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Also, I'm talking myself into Rolf Ziegler, of <laughs> Breezes.
1: His brother was in developmental for a while, right? So oh, He called out Bill DeMott for being a fascist.
0: <laughs> yeah. Bill
1: DeMott, star on the competition of the very time frame oh, we're talking true. about, and my brother, uh, who's about three years younger than me, once, apropos of very little, we were not even watching wrestling, it, but it came up conversationally, and his observation to me was, uh, Justin, <laughs> he says, Justin, whenever Hugh Morris does something sneaky, his fat jiggles <laughs> And I was like By God Robin, from the mouth of babes, you're right. <laughs>
0: whenever what?
1: Whenever Hugh Morris does something sneaky, his fat jiggles <laughs> and uh he wasn't
0: wrong. <laughs> I suppose not, no
1: When you brought up the Skip and Zip team I said to myself Oh yeah, I bet they were regular Everly Brothers Back in the 60s And I said, wait a minute There's a team called the Beverly Brothers (laughs) That was apparently named after the Everly Brothers And I have just made that connection now So I guess what I said at the show opening was false There is plenty of us for us to uncover
0: Oh, okay. Huh. I'm not seeing any three-way matches at this point. They would have to be in the first part of the year, (laughs) because half of those participants left uh, after WrestleMania. Yeah. Thereabouts. All right. Well, there you go. Anywho. All right. Moving on. (laughs) We started getting vignettes featuring Billionaire Ted's Rasslin' War Room, featuring a Ted Turner knockoff, doing a very subtle version of Ted having a meeting with the Huckster, the Nacho Man, and Scheme jeans. So this is a real Mad Magazine vibe to the proceedings. <laughs> I believe the gist of the first one was that WCW wasn't original and stole all the, all the uh, ideas from the WWF, which is kind of funny given what happened in 1996. Yeah. There's <laughs> another one where it said WCW's main eventers were too old and they couldn't do moves. Like, honestly, this is a selling point. And you watch these and you think, yeah, WWF is fighting back. These are pretty funny. And then there's what about a press conference with Ted, who gets questioned about undercutting ad rates and using predatory business practices, and his partner in the Time Warner merger was arrested for fraud. It's like, what? Like, like what? What does this have to do with anything? And these went on for months. They got more bizarre and mean-spirited, and it's not like Ted Turner was a character on Nitro. Like <laughs> This was Stan Cronkey, <laughs> little vengeance times ten. Just very, very strange times.
1: Yes, it started out... Uh... It was groundbreaking to begin with because, you know, WWF was an insular, self-contained thing and to the point where, you know, all those guys who came in the 80s were fresh-faced, young rookie, the American <laughs> dreams Dusty Rhodes, and whatnot. This new pair of competitors, the Legion of Doom. So then to not only say that, like, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage were alive and hadn't disappeared <laughs> back-to-the-future style, but so that was... Uh, Things were ramping up, but then, you're right, it, it just got oddly specific and mean-spirited in the weeks <laughs> to come.
0: Like I started to feel bad for Hogan at the end, though, just railing on him being, like, just so old and useless and, and disloyal, which I, I'm like, what? They <laughs> they, they got a good offer somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yikes, it was just so strange. I
1: believe their main inventor this time a year ago <laughs> was a 44-year-old Mr. Bob Backlund. <laughs> well, you know, I uh, still <laughs> this was uh, this is a Slammys to come where Ahmed Johnson said something about uh, the performers over there at wheelchair wrestling. <laughs> Nobody can bring it like the Pearl River superstar Ahmed Johnson.
0: <laughs> oh, Ahmed,
1: that's <laughs> probably his best promo. <laughs> if I could uh, uh quickly correct my own corrections the triangle matches came a year later and I guess involved combinations of Sean and Brett and Psycho Sid
0: okay Okay. there you go alright we got another debut The Ringmaster by Ted DiBiase The Ringmaster appeared on the Brother Love show this being the debut of Steve Austin in the Ah. WVF the new Million Dollar Champion the uh, the gimmick was short-lived, and it does look bad compared to what Austin did next, and I know Steve Austin hates it and will tell you about it at length. I didn't think it was all that bad. I mean, the the name is silly. It made me think of the circus, and he wasn't going to rise above a certain level, but he, he did get to talk. It suited the technician style he was working back then. There was no great shakes. we probably not, though, as bad as you'd have heard.
1: My impression was he was... Brought into me nothing more than a mechanic. Would you agree with that?
0: <laughs> I believe that is uh that seems fairly accurate.
1: Hey, did you know we coined a meme on our last episode? No, what's that? We coined a very real meme of the Steve Austin ring cast as his career went on to be known, uh of uh <laughs> Tell me about the damn click.
0: Oh yeah, that's, that's right. Us.
1: We did that.
0: <laughs> I'm so proud.
1: We memed. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, nothing but a damn mechanic, I think. It was the shits, and, uh, you know, he was over there in ECW, hurt, couldn't wrestle. Paul said, come and cut some promos. And other things I've heard about. Yeah.
0: He, he's like, I knew this was shit, but he wanted to get his foot in the door. And he did.
1: It fit in with Vader, though, at the same time. Certainly Vader was brought in with a lot more to do than Steve Austin, but when they both showed up, it fed into that whole uh, back-and-forth war going on. And I think led to... When did the When the Big Boys play ads start? Must have been the year... Because they had Big Boy yeah, play they with had Diesel, Diesel and, in the laser. and the Diamond Stud getting beat up. Yep. And the, what these talent jumps did was <laughs> a whole new batch of where the Big Boy play ads. <laughs> That's true. I think uh, <laughs> Vader and Austin, maybe Cactus Jack, maybe Ron Simmons...
0: Uh, I don't know about Mark Merrow Although they certainly Took a dump on him On commentary <laughs> Oh yeah Trying to rank The the four million dollar Champions Clearly wow. Ted D Number one Ted Junior Distant number four Don't know where to put Virgil and Austin Maybe you push I Because
1: I mean Virgil Actually defended that belt In a program With the Repo Man Right I believe Ripo so Repo tried to repossess The belt As is his own Only task in life <laughs> did Austin defend against Savio Vega or was he just like, hey, it's this is a belt I have?
0: Probably not because
1: he lost those matches to Savio Vega.
0: That that is true.
1: Hmm.
0: It's not a not a ton in the way of Rumble build up. Undertaker got the title shot. He petitioned for, much diesel petition to the... <laughs> Diesel's really chagrin. The Body Don has got a tag title shot. He's dead with the The Body donna has got a tag title shot, because why not? Uh Ahmed and Jeff Jarrett was uh due to their confrontation at the last in your house pay per view. And uh there was an angle between Goldust and Razor Ramon where Goldust was sending flowers to Razor during matches and showing off a razor tattoo. With the storyline being, is he just playing mind games or something more? And uh Goldust cost Razor a match against Jeff Hardy, just a job guy at that point by Count Out. And then Razor showed up unannounced at Raw, they had a heated brawl outside the arena, and you could tell Razor Ramon hated this angle. <laughs>
1: Yeah, which is strange, because if I think of a fiery Hispanic person, machismo, uh, I could kind of understand them being like, Hey, no, this ain't right, Mang. <laughs> but then uh Razor Moon is not a, an Hispanic person, so I'm not sure why he felt as strongly about it. Mm. Granted, it was weird at the time, the bizarre gold dust, the androgynous gold dust. Dust, mind games. Were there Dustin Rhodes, Big Boy Play videos? I don't, I don't think
0: so. Mm. He got fired, so I don't think <laughs> that's fair.
1: Yeah, probably they saw Gold Dust as being embarrassment enough.
0: Yeah, it's punishment I mean, enough. Were there uh-huh. York
1: Foundation, <laughs> Big Boy Play videos?
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a question. All right, the Rumble, live from Fresno, California. Vince and Mister Perfect on commentary. Striking. <laughs> strikingly similar to 1995 in that you had Shawn Michaels winning the Rumble Razor Ramon losing the IC title and Bret Hart in a WWF title match against another face the price got raised 5 bucks to 29.95, dollars 95 and uh, also the first year they played entrance music when someone came out for those of you who care let's see uh, the Rumble did not close out the show for the first time since 1988 when it was not on pay-per-view how, how do we how do we feel about this? I I never liked it. It just feels anticlimactic. You have an hour long match with most of the roster, and then it's like, hey, another match. I know some. I know that they did it for storyline reasons this year, and sometimes there are other reasons. Like, did, uh, did the Undertaker use magic one time on Kurt Angle at the end of the Rumble, or am I misremembering?
1: Yes, it kind of seems like the literally the only reason they swapped the order of those matches was so they could have Diesel walking out while the Undertaker was walking in, right? It would appear, yes. And that seems especially flimsy when your title match has no finish and your Royal Rumble has your franchise new face of the company winning.
0: There are lots of weird contradictory finishes like that in the months leading to Mania. This is true. All right. Well, we had our first pre-show match ever. Hunter Hearst Helmsley meeting Duke the Dumpster Drossy in a match where the winner got number 30, loser got number one, we could have used this gimmick this year so people would know Daniel Bryan would not be number 30. One thing that
1: I've seen... I mean, the, the Royal Rumble is kind of old news now, that Daniel Bryan is not a martyr anymore. Well, he wasn't... That, <laughs> that version of him was not a great travesty. There are new travesties going on mm. now. So a lot of people thought that the... um old-school pre-match rumble talking head spots they did before where Rey Mysterio, among others, did an interview was not shown to the live crowd, and that's why no one was expecting him to be uh, one of the guys left and still thought someone else would come out for number 30. Not true! We all saw that, and we chose to ignore that. People were, <laughs> as I guess you could tell, fairly delusional about how that whole match was playing out and in deep denial of what was happening before their eyes. So we all saw Rey Mysterio, and yet no one was willing to acknowledge that he had yet to come out and was going to uh, not be Daniel Bryan. I will say as a coda to this story, I was at um, Game 1 of the Penguins' semifinal matchup against the New York Rangers a couple days ago, And Pittsburgh being ground zero of the yes movement, as it were, it was pretty cool when a uh, Penguin's goal was under review for whether it was touched with a high stick or not. Um, Not an overwhelming, but a substantial portion of the crowd chanted the yes chant to try and get the goal to stay up. So that was cool.
0: Oh, were they successful? Yes. 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 All right.
1: So that was cool. That was apropos of something. Moving on.
0: Speaking of uh, travesties perpetrated against Daniel Bryan, I hope the next Shapiro show is a uh, call-slash-intervention to Matt Feuerstein to talk him off whatever ledge he is on right now.
1: Uh, they all are. So, yes, <laughs> whatever one happens, that's what will happen. All right. Quite, we've done so many more that I didn't even publish. I just talk him down for, like, 90 <laughs> minutes, and I said, okay, hey, good podcast, Matt.
0: <laughs> all right. We- We've had some recording issues. No, yeah, nah. we lost um, some time and space here. Did we?
1: But no content. No, this is. It the was lot. all. It all went to shit immediately, and said, <laughs> "Thank oh God." There was a, an hilarious blooper where Joe spilled his drink. That's how much uh, I got him out of his element with my screw-ups. Uh, audio quality-wise, he knocked over his drink. And then I said, blooper, and he pointed out that a blooper cannot be an official blooper when it's not being recorded. If it's not, it's just a mistake.
0: Which is not as amusing. (laughs) Here we go. uh, (laughs) We also had our first pre-show match ever with Hunter Hearst Helmsley, meaning Duke the Dumpster Drossy. Oh, did we discuss this? I feel like we did.
1: (laughs) We talked about not spoiling uh, 1 in 30 on TV. This conversation may have happened. I feel like I'm in parallel dimensions. Yeah. Anyway, I don't like it. I like when it's a
0: surprise. Yep. And uh, let's see. The pay-per-view itself opened with Ahmed against Jeff Jarrett. They had a brief match, nothing terribly special, although Ahmed was in high-flyer mode as he hit a pretty crazy dive to the floor and tried a senton bomb off the top. After Ahmed powered out of the figure four, Jarrett got the guitar and waffled him for the DQ. If you're wondering why the feud ended abruptly... Uh Jarrett had been pretty badly injured. Uh, he injured his back before this, so badly he was in the hospital. Although he was in a lot of results for February. And then after that, I think he had contract issues, because we didn't really see him until WCW, so I don't know.
1: Yes, I don't know how much of his disappearance was the back, and then at what point he, as he tends to do, went all Jeff Jarrett <laughs> in his relationship with Vince McMahon. <laughs> Strange that Jeff Jarrett has had so many of those over time. It's just Jeff Jarrett, but... Yes, he would return as not a member of the NWO. <laughs> no, he did not. As everyone just presumed. Um, <laughs> Do you think this is the first time Jeff hit someone with a guitar? I can't. Or he did the, at the um, Armageddon Your House pay-per-view, too. Uh,
0: he hit him with many an object, including his purported gold record.
1: Oh, that's right, that's right. So,
0: I don't know. I, I would imagine so. <laughs> Let's see. Diesel did an interview comparing himself to a nine-year-old being left home alone for the first time.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> what he did because he he didn't know what was going to happen, but it was going to be fun. <laughs> the, wh- <laughs> what?
1: I mean, we we both watched all of this, and we're both experts on everything that happened. But this may be the strangest thing you've ever. Told <laughs> this me. is it's up there. Go. You have the network. Go watch it, everyone. Huh. I'm reminded of that John Mulaney stand up bit about how his babysitter, when he was young, he was like 11 and she was 13. <laughs> <laughs> he thought she was much older and he said that's like, uh, having a, what do you say? Like, hiring a horse to watch your dog. <laughs> this was a nine year old. Home Alone. Ah. <laughs> that was me doing the Culkin hands on my face.
0: I, I think you should be rather still while we're talking. <laughs> Didn't avoid any possible you bump into Skype or something. I'm concerned. Good point. Uh, tag titles Body Buddy Dons versus Smoking Guns. Guns were in control until Sunny got knocked off the apron accidentally. Billy went to check on her, but of course she was faking. Uh, Jump to the hot tag. The Buddy Dons pulled the old switcheroo, which only resulted in a near fall. Uh, body Downs go for a double suplex, Billy Spears one of them, Bart Small Package is the other. For finish, I remember from a Royal Family Young Pistols match in WCW. Hmm, the classics. A, a classic, in the regard that you've seen it before, not in the classic, like, this is good.
1: Now, Skip, as well as, to a lesser extent, Zip, well Brothers, I guess, and they have the same short, bleached hair, Still, those switches.
0: <laughs> I was asking a lot.
1: Uh akin to the time that um Maurice and Jillian Hall were wrestling the Bella twins on Superstars Mark II, and uh the heel ladies tried to do um reciprocal twin magic and the referee looked at Jillian Hall and he was just like, Honey, come on. I think
0: the Nice The worst try. for me was, uh and you can watch this on the Clash of the Champions, available on the mm-hmm. network. Like, Net- like Netflix, but better. I um, think <laughs> it was Captain Mike Rotunda and Tom Zink, the old switcheroo on the Samoan SWAT team. And see uh, and them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... The <laughs> Samoans didn't switch? No, it? <laughs> it was the other. <laughs> huh. Oh.
1: Okay. They just see heat signatures like the Predator... <laughs>
0: That's what they are. Uh, Goldust versus... Oh, let's see. Goldust versus Razor Ramon. The debut of Marlena as the director or woman friend, not named at the moment. <laughs> Marlena being the former Alexandra York and the, I believe, then-current wife of Justin Rhodes, possibly as a way to get away from the a gay vibe. Uh, there were shenanigans early. Goldust did a go-behind, grabbed some boob, which you got a replay of. Razor slapped him on the ass, which showed a poor foresight, I felt. Goldust finally took over with a cheap shot after hiding behind Marlena. Goldust applied a sleeper. The announcer surmised what Goldust would do to Razor if he fell asleep. <laughs> Razor kicked Goldust in the groin to start a comeback. This match is better than I'm making it sound, honestly. Razor is about to win when Marlena came into the ring, faked, uh, faked an ankle injury. Long the 1-2-3 to sneak in, his spin kick off the top, Goldust covers new champion.
1: Congratulations. Indeed. What to say about gold dust? We need a No, we don't. I was gonna say there needs to be a contemporary version of that angle like Del Rio Swagger where the immigrant <laughs> is actually the baby <laughs> face. We don't. Wait, what would Jack Swagger be doing to Alberto Del Rio?
0: Uh Zeb would not approve of tread this.
1: It. He would tread <laughs> on him about their calling him. Yeah.
0: Oh my word. Well, yeah. Uh,
1: you would invade the <laughs> border.
0: In <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's, <laughs> I'm way off now. More than these time lapses.
1: Ha! Maybe we didn't have connection lags before. Maybe I was just so funny that you couldn't recover. <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: that's, that's one theory, sure. What are you, t- <laughs> are you eating a wrapped uh, candy bar?
1: Oh, I forgot this microphone <laughs> picks up all sound and not just the words I say. <laughs> this is one of our best shows, I'd say.
0: As for the uh, rumble itself, it was back to two minutes between entrances here. I bemoaned the lack of star power in the previous year, and the tactic they took this year was to bring in a lot of random outside people, which didn't have a lot of intrigue in terms of who would win, but... Was at least more interesting than the bottom of the WWF roster. Such luminaries included Jake the Snake, who got such a big pop he earned himself another run with the company, cleared the ring with a snake, and draped it over Jerry Lawler, kicking off their momentous 1996 feud. No, No there you go. All right. Uh, Dory Funk Jr., who did not earn himself another run. And they (laughs) they made reference, they invited his brother Terry, who was watching in Germany, which I just thought was peculiar. Like, I don't know why they would bother. Uh Takao Omori from All Japan, who came over with his theme music. <laughs> just kidding, he used the Orient Express theme. Uh <laughs> Doug Gilbert, who won a rumble in USWA to get the shot. Who's that, asked Mr. Perfect. And the Headhunters, who were called a squat team for some reason. One of them got eliminated and just came back with his brother, but they were tossed out again in short order.
1: Yes, the Samoan squat team. <laughs> they weren't,
0: though. <laughs>
1: Touche. Wouldn't it be awesome, Joe, if uh, Kenta used Yoshitatsu's music?
0: <laughs> do 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 do.
1: Booty. Booty.
0: Booty. Okay. That's all. Do, 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 do. Anyway, uh, there weren't a ton of storylines in the Rumble. Triple H lasted the longest at 48 minutes, not surprisingly. Jerry Lowell lasted 36 minutes, mostly because he hid under the ring after Jay came out. Razor tried to chase after the kid when he made his entrance. Vader and Yokozuna got into it, much to the consternation of Jim Cornette. They worked together for a bit and then got into it again, allowing Shawn Michaels to dump them both at the same time. As we mentioned, Vader got back in the ring and tossed Shawn to the floor, which did not count as an elimination, even though it would have in the past. Owen came back, too, after he was eliminated. And the future. true. <laughs> Owen came back after he was eliminated and attacked Shawn. final four were Shawn, Diesel, Bulldog, and Kama. Sean dumped Bulldog, Diesel pushed Kama over the top rope, and as soon as he turned around, Sean hit the super kick and won. Are you surprised they didn't do more, Again? more teasing of this? They did, it was just like, bang, it's done. And, uh, I don't know, maybe... They were said, I mean, they had Diesel turn on Sean <laughs> very quickly, but...
1: Mm-hmm. I remember they foreshadowed it, didn't they? They showed, they were like, hey, we're, uh... Staunch continuity here, Madman-esque WWF <laughs> storytelling. Remember two years ago when Sean eliminated Diesel? Hope that doesn't happen mm. again. Sure enough, also Owen had some Rumble troubles the year before with Brett beating him up before that's he done it And right, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Controversy. Mm-hmm. This must be also the only Rumble Royal where Steve Austin was not in. Like the last three or four. No, he days. was not.
0: He was. Uh... Largely an afterthought in this one. See, I don't mm-hmm. believe he lasted too long. But, yes, he uh, has been a staple at the end of Royal Rumble matches. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the Wikipedia says, as Conan would say. A lot of rumbles here. Uh, the lovely poster of Diesel kicking Owen.
1: Whoa, I see that.
0: Let's see, the ringmaster lasted a whopping 11 minutes and was eliminated by Fatou. So, yes. You are mm, correct.
1: Difference <laughs> made. Uh,
0: all right. Diesel's a...
1: Do you think... Oh, man, Joe. Do you think that was the seed sown for him to run over Steve Austin <laughs> all those years later?
0: Okay, I just spat at Mike.
1: <laughs> Ha-ha! That was me actually being good. <laughs>
0: I, I can't say. I don't know why that would encourage him to run him over with a car, but...
1: He eliminated the ringmaster for The Rock?
0: Who <laughs> was not with the company, yet? <laughs> that is some foresight.
1: And then I see Fatu eliminated here by Dr. Isaac Yankum, DDS, and that connection, they said, let's team up at WrestleMania for no reason.
0: <laughs> wow. Connections made at this Rumble.
1: Oh, mind-blown.
0: All right, uh, Diesel took his sweet-ass time going to the back, and he bumped into The Undertaker, in his entrance for the title <laughs> match, and they got into it and maybe foreshadowed a bit at the end.
1: What a Kevin Dunn production fuck-up to cue <laughs> The Undertaker before Diesel got all the way to the back. Man, if only there were guys with fire
0: extinguishers, too, it just would have been Apocalypse.
1: <laughs> they had a, uh, I'd say, a, a big feud between two guys who had never acted, interacted and were major stars, and the angle to launch it was your basic superstars uh, <laughs> Tatanka bumped into uh, the mythical Berserker, and now they're going to feud for six months.
0: <laughs> there was the uh, the uh, disappointment that Diesel was passed over for a title shot. For
1: Oh, excuse me, that's
0: right. But, yes, we'll get into their feud in a bit, but... Uh... Onto Brett versus Undertaker. I was originally excited to watch this, but I got confused and thought it was the match from one night only, which is excellent. This match went 28 minutes, which has to be the longest Taker singles match at that point. And it's hard when he's a dead man who feels no pain, and he dominated the early part of the match until Brett threw him knee first into the stairs, and Brett spent a lot of time working the legs over. All very logical, also kind of dull. Brett did pull off the Undertaker's mask, and he was okay, so that was that. Under- Revealing the Undertaker. Yes. <laughs> Mystery oh. man. Undertaker made a comeback, hit the tombstone, seemed to have the win, until Diesel returned, pulled the ref out for a DQ. It was a DQ at that point, and uh, the match was okay. That's a bad ending for a half-hour main event, and also the third DQ of the night. And Brett looked really like a chump, and uh, Diesel gave Undertaker the finger, so it was all... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Attitude, get it? To say the least... Uh, didn't we not, six months prior, have The Undertaker get pinned just by getting kicked by (laughs) karma, and you could not have Diesel jackknife The Undertaker to set off a great catastrophe? Mm.
0: Poor Brett. Uh, on the post-match show, Gorilla Monsoon said that Diesel would get the next shot. The Undertaker came up and said it would be a cold day in hell before Diesel had the title. Gorilla said, well, I'll book a cage match, so take that. (laughs) It did allow... Brett to quote the Smashing Pumpkins Activeness. and say, despite all his rage, Diesel is just a rat in a cage. Hip. Alright, on to late January slash February. Uh, note from the Observer. WrestleMania in 1997 appears to be a lock for the Pittsburgh Civic Arena. Sorry, Justin. Later. <laughs> you were denied seeing potentially uh, Undertaker Sid
1: yeah, I'm glad that uh, Pittsburgh didn't politely uh stretch his legs through Steve Austin's red they Negate the rest of the room. Yes, <laughs> that
0: could have been. That may have been why I got moved. <clears throat>
1: uh the Could have had like Kevin Green versus Bam Bam Bigelow as Ooh. the main event. Maybe. <laughs>
0: The January 22nd set of Raw tapings were uh kind of crazy. My kid, uh, it's, my cat meowed very loudly right there.
1: <laughs>
0: it started with Vader debuting in a singles match against Savio Vega, which he quickly won in short order with the Vader bomb. Deciding that wasn't enough, he gave Savio another Vader bomb post-match. Ruff was down with this, so Vader tossed him out of the ring. Another ref ran in and yelled at Vader, so the big man powerbombed the shit out of him. This brought out Gorilla Monsoon, who backed Vader away. Vader came back, Monsoon chopped him a few times. <laughs> Best of all, he just turned his back afterwards and went back to the ref. It's like, well, that's all set. It was not. Vader attacked Monsoon from behind, laid him out with a Vader bomb. This was a doubly effective because no one ever laid hands on either an authority figure or a Gorilla Monsoon. And Vader was suspended for life or until he recovered from soldier, uh, shoulder surgery. On the plus side, Gorilla got to drop medical terminology in regards to himself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need an interim president.
0: Who would it be? It would it was actually <laughs> uh the man being Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Piper came back, gave Vince McMahon an airplane spin for some reason. He what? did when he came back. Up of him. all the
1: shows we've done this one I'm the least girl <laughs> <regretful laughs> to me.
0: Uh, He got shoehorned into an angle that was was done pretty much by Mania, so I don't know how long this was supposed to be. I don't know what the original plans would have been. Although I find it odd he came back in this capacity and then went to headline the competition's main show of the year, (laughs) a scant ten months later. Seriously. All right. Uh, Shawn Michaels was bound for WrestleMania. That was not enough. He wanted revenge on Owen, the man who knocked him out originally. Jim Cornette pointed out that Owen didn't give a shit. Sean said he would do anything to get the match Anything asked Cornette And that led to Sean putting his Mania title shot On the line against Owen Hart Generous The night after the Rumble The 123 Kid cut an inset promo On Razor Ramon talking about what a crybaby He was after losing his title He took this to a rather literal end By producing a baby bottle and diaper He cost Razor a match against Triple H By spraying milk in his face And on Superstars he attacked Ramon with a baby stroller During a match with Jeff Jarrett only one way to settle this, a crybaby match at the pay-per-view, an he loser to wear a he diaper. And it's no wonder Razor Ramon soon quit.
1: Some Memphisian bullshit.
0: It certainly is. I wonder where, I don't know where it came from. Jim Cornette, I presume, was on. He was on the, I believe, booking staff at this time.
1: Doubtless. Never saw that one really occur again. <laughs> no, Never. We... Didn't pop that one up on the spin the wheel, make the deal wheel. The raw roulette.
0: <laughs> I did a search, and this is the only example I could find.
1: Oh, the Wikipedia entry
0: for Crybaby match? Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is what it listed. It said example, but showed nothing else. Hmm. Under types of match.
1: <laughs> I uh, When you mentioned Piper, I did have a odd sense memory of seeing Roddy Piper versus the 1-2-3 kid at a house show in Pittsburgh and Roddy throwing diapers at the kid. <laughs> my intuition is that Piper took some of Razor Ramon's uh, bookings after he was conveniently suspended shortly as you mm. get to that.
0: As we will get to in a moment. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There was some trouble in Camp Cornette. Yokozuna tried to interfere on Davey Boy Smith's behalf against Diesel and have it backfire. On the same show, Yokozuna was wrestling Shawn Michaels when Owen tried to interfere and kicked Yoko by mistake. James E. Cornette decided the best way to mend fences was to have Davey, Boy, and Yoko team up against the dudes with attitudes, and it went poorly. Davey accidentally landed on Yokozuna, trying to break up a pin, and Shawn superkicked him to the outside where he was too fat to move and got counted out. Post-match, Cornette ripped into Yokozuna, or verbally raping if you're Vince, which was lovely. Whoa! Yep. Yokozuna snapped. Clear the ring and there you go. The babyface Yokozuna we didn't know we always wanted. Finally. <laughs> uh Brett and Undertaker had a title rematch on the February fifth Raw that went to a no contest when Diesel, of course, interfered. I believe this was the first time they Rematched a big main event so soon on free TV. I know they had like Owen's final shot, I think on the first action zone that seemed that program seemed done and was a uh, kind of a way to kick off that that um that program. But coincidentally, on the night this was taped, Randy Savage beat Ric Flair for the WCW title on Nitro, the first of many world title changes during the Monday Night Wars. So
1: Yes, I feel like everything we're talking about is missing the big story, which is WCW starting to get really hot even pre-NWO. As, uh, funny, that the angle everyone reminisces about is the 1992 Savage Flair, which died at the old BO, as we say. <laughs> and uh, yet Liz turning on Randy here in WCW was big and did WCW's first uh, big house show run uh, probably since the Crockett days.
0: I believe WCW had their first profitable year in 1995. There you
1: go. Good job, Eric.
0: Yeah, there you go. There were all, yeah, there was all kinds. I mean, WCW at the time, there was uh, the Booker Man incident was around this time, also the horrendous uncensored... Uh, 96 show with the 12 man Cage of mm-hmm. Doom match,
1: which we just saw at Extreme Rules. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if only the alliance to end this. about nation. the
1: same uh, level of odds overcome.
0: <laughs> there are no children involved in the uh, in the That's Triple right. Cage of Doom match.
1: If had an gangsta-esque import, then we'd be on the same.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> was a gog at that Cena match I have to say it was just I don't oh my god the uncensored like or, or the uh, this year uh the, this well, we're Sunday legally prohibited match.
1: from discussing either and uh <laughs> broadcast <laughs> probably time allotted to us
0: yeah we should move on uh after Duke Josie won a squash match on superstars Triple H attacked him with his own <laughs> trash canning cut some of his hair off I, I don't know why he was upset at Drosy. It's not his fault. Monsoon made that decision. I guess Elmsley had to vent somewhere.
1: Well, so. he had a thing where just baby faces who were scruffy and dirty bothered him for a while because he was such an elegant, refined Connecticut kid, Connecticutian, Connecticutian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe that's the proper term. But uh, Triple H had long hair too, so I don't see mm. what that accomplished. Maybe he should have shampooed him. Threw them in the bath. They could add like instead of a hog match, <laughs> like a bath match.
1: Yeah, well a dumpster match, right? Where's the Wikipedia examples <laughs> for that? They got some. <laughs> that
0: would have been yeah. That would've been anyway. Uh, this, uh, Trussi tried to get revenge, but he accidentally hit a jobber with a trash can, so this whole thing took place on Superstars, if you don't remember it, and, uh, Superstars feud sounds like a nice pejorative for a mid-card feud that did not make Raw.
1: The tamer angles of someone hitting someone with a trash can in the years to come.
0: <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> we got the debut of Phineas Igot. It was. Uh, the debut of Phineas I. Godwin, Cousin to Henry creation of the Godwin's tag team. Phineas autocorrects who Pinhead. No clue if that was intentional. They had previously teamed up as Tex Slasinger and Shanghai Pierce and WCW, among other places, but here they were a babyface hillbilly team with Hillbilly Jim, which did allows them to use Don't Go Messing with a Country Boy. Uh, this was about to be the darkest timeline for tag teams. And um, it's, there's a weird push around this time. They were pushing the envelope in a lot of ways, like they had the risque, sunny, you know, Raw is rated whatever it was that are not rated, and Diesel giving him the finger and things like that. Well, at the same time, bringing back 80s characters like Piper and Hillbilly Jim and the Ultimate Warrior more on him in a second.
1: Yeah, well, I, uh, between Sonny getting sexier and the arrival of uh, Marlena, who was no pantsuit-wearing executive, was she an executive or the chairperson of that foundation? I don't know. Some of
0: so management structure. Just a lower level...
1: Yeah, I think... So, so there's a, probably a hierarchy... York! York would have been the person... Oh, no, she's... Evendor. I bet it was like a Dixie Carter situation where uh, he set up a foundation for his daughter and let her <laughs> look like a big shot. Anyway, Marlena was uh, more sexualized uh, than, than uh, Alexandra, and then uh, help is on the way... Uh, or maybe she was already... Did uh, Rena Merrow walk out with Hunter before WrestleMania at all? Is that even... Oh, who cares? That <laughs> was
0: at WrestleMania. But
1: that was her first appearance? Yes. Oh, yeah, it must have been because Merrow hadn't... Mark Merrow hadn't signed it.
0: All right. Speaking of... Uh...
1: Anywho, so yeah... So the the sexy boom is starting. Get out of here, all Japan women. Time for a new era of uh, raw magazine pictorials. I mean, they aligned with my interests at the time. I was certainly... Something about those ladies, I said, huh, well, let's see where this goes.
0: No need for glamour girls when we have the real glamour girls coming up.
1: (laughs) Yes, so if you want to talk about... Your Psalms and your John 316 and Austin 316 king off the uh, the attitudinal era? Maybe it was right here when, when they got uh, three ladies and sexualized them more than anybody in the company heretofore. Thereetofore.
0: Sure. All right. Moving on. We get the debut of Justin Hawk Bradshaw, managed by Uncle Zebekiah. Uh, this was of course JBL doing a complete Stan Hansen ripoff with Ron Bass's branding iron tossed in for good measure. And kicking off an eighteen year relationship with the company, which I don't think anyone called. And um did I don't remember anything Justin Hawk Bradshaw did outside of beating Fatu in about four seconds.
1: So not used to hearing my name <laughs> he used and <laughs> the kind of like I did what? Oh, <laughs> me who? Did you know? Oh, I must have said this before that uh He's got an interesting name because my dad uh, wanted to name me Brad after Terry Bradshaw (laughs) and then instead went with Justin due to either the lead singer of the Moody Blues or, like, the Hebrew word for truth and justice (laughs) or something like that. So Justin Hawk Bradshaw with the hawk, his favorite bird, was um, the the synthesis of all those names. Names. Zeb, and who would have thought that we'd be sitting here talking about an 18-year full-circle relationship between John and uh, Zeb Akaya Coulter? Indeed. You know?
0: (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't, I think a JBL documentary, which they would never do a DVD release on, but if they just put one daily for the network, I think it would be really interesting, because he has played many a role in the the last 18 years with the, the company.
1: He is also you know you saw it kind of happen with Batista this year where a reputation just sort of becomes a legend and exceeds itself. He has done a good job of uh recasting himself as like a somewhat annoying but also somewhat endearing uncle character compared to bully Nazi of mid two
0: thousand sounds about right uh
1: all right this especially when he played like this uh neocon character, and yet, like, the real JBL is doing all these nice things in the world, climbing mountains and shit, Yeah, so we've come a long way.
0: Sure have. All right, on to the February pay-per-view, in your house number six, Rage in the Cage.
1: Hey, another thing about Pratt, (laughs) (laughs) so when he first got the JBL push, they said his portfolio beat the stock market 10 out of the last 10, I wonder if this was the first year his portfolio outperformed the, the stock market. I need to look this <laughs> so. up. That'll conclude <laughs> my chunk on Bradshaw, John Hawk, Layfield. Okay.
0: <laughs> in your house six, Rage in the Cage, um an okay show. Uh it was funny in the opening promo they all but promised to run in from The Undertaker. But the main event was a cage match. What would occur? The pre show saw Jake the Snake Roberts being Tatanka, which is kind of funny because Tatanka originally came in right as Jake was leaving the first time and now Jake was back With a push right? as Tatanka Was on the way out And if you watch Jake's matches He didn't make Comebacks around this time He would just Hit the DDT And that would be it So An economic use of time I feel
1: hmm He would hold on To the ropes And look very old <laughs> And uh, then uh, Make the DDT signal So Hot comeback uh, I guess the new generation Really took off Then <laughs> the Tatanka
0: New <laughs> generation We wear shirts When we wrestle Yeah <laughs> Uh Vader and Jim Cornette gave an interview touting that Vader was reinstated and uh, seemed to imply he would be added to the show which he was not at least not in an official capacity
1: False report
0: <laughs> <laughs> Razor and the 123 Kid in a crybaby match was the opener and it was a fun match Kid was still using his spunky theme music for whatever reason uh, I thought Kid's strikes looked good enough it never looked bad because Razor's so much bigger than him plus they use the powder to get the heat and uh Razor makes a comeback Kid tries the powder again and gets kicked in his face Razor hits a Razor's edge, picks him up at two. Amazingly, this does not backfire. He hits another one for the win. Afterwards Razor powders him. That was awesome to see. Kid does a deal where he wakes up and doesn't realize he has a diaper on. I gotta call bullshit on that. Like how do you how do you not realize that? I'm sorry.
1: Well, with what we understand about concussions.
0: <laughs> oh no.
1: Oh. Yes. Uh, yeah, I know Kid, uh, they both came back to do some jobs later, but considering they both re- missed WrestleMania and were not pushed anymore, this is basically the end of two stalwarts of the aforementioned uh, new generation. I said aforementioned like it was like uh, Head
0: like Shrunk.
1: Yes. <laughs> 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 Offa mentioned that uh, Fatu was making a big difference around
0: <laughs> this. <laughs> oh...
1: Uh, no, back to my serious point. A changing of the guards.
0: Mm. Uh, speaking of such, Tri- or Hunter Hurst Helmsley, I should say, and Duke Drossy had a passable match. Triple H was accompanied by playmate pet Elizabeth Hilden, which they were doing at this time, which would lead to Sable in a bit. She had a little add-on commentary, go figure. Uh, Duke hit his finisher. Instead of going for the pin like an idiot, he pressed trash can. Into the ring while well, the ref was getting the can out of the ring, Triple H grabbed the lid, waffled Drosey, hit the ref in the leg at the same time, and got the pin. Yep. Can't believe
1: Triple H held down and refused a job <laughs> to do the dumpster Drosie. After
0: Every cut oh, his hair. Fucking too. Politics, yeah. Mm. What was the trash compactor maneuver? It was a tilt a whirl into a power slam. Cool. I said that so quickly. <laughs> I'm embarrassed.
1: Asked and answered. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I knew it was that, and the, I, I don't know. For some reason, I want to know right now. <laughs> Good. Okay.
0: Uh, Yokozuna cut a very shouty promo, which was funny. He didn't have a hint of an accent at all. He just...
1: Yeah.
0: He got his Rosetta Stone beta and uh, quickly learned English.
1: <laughs> I, I thought... Yokozuna was Japanese up until that, that moment. <laughs> and then I still I think I just did, but was confused and didn't know what was going on. It
0: was quite odd. Uh, Dave Melton notes, Mr. Fuji seems to have disappeared, so I guess somebody else can win his award. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yokozuna and Davey had a quick five-minute match. Yoko was about to win. Jim Cornette ran in with a racket for the DQ. Which Yokozuna no-sold, he's about to get Cornette. When Vader ran in for the save, they handcuffed and beat on Yokozuna for a long time. Vader just took his mask off at one point, for whatever reason. I guess it got his Vader. Yeah, he did in the Rumble, too. I guess it's distracting when you fight, which uh does ask the question why are you wearing it, but so be it.
1: Can you trace the lineage of the WWF's? undisputable monster Batman in how the previous guy falls and puts over the other one? Because, I, I mean, I'm sure Andre went over someone large, like a John Stud, but not when I heal. But then he gets old and Earthquake sat on his legs, and then Earthquake put over Yokozuna in some sumo matches, and then Yokozuna's being uh, put out to, to uh, pasture for Vader here, Vader went to, I guess, Kane. Jane and Kane takes <laughs> us 18 years later. Yes, Kane then worked with everyone from Umaga to uh, Big Daddy V. Yeah,
0: Kane is a linear <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: tough guy. This is compelling. That
1: means Daniel O'Brien now is the monster of the WWE, as prophesied in that song.
0: Why, Imagine Dragons. How Imagine that. Dragons.
1: Remarkable.
0: Wow. Alrighty. righty. Huh. All right, uh, Shawn Michaels and Owen Hart had go figure a great wrestling match. Uh, This is a match where Shawn swung down from the roof of the titular house during his entrance, and boy did Vince go bonkers during this. And uh, I get there
1: incomparable,
0: (laughs) unbelievable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the house, by the way. (laughs) I won it. (laughs) That's brings all the shows.
0: (laughs) Is it in the warehouse now, or did you?
1: It, it, well, I, yeah, I live there in the warehouse.
0: It's <laughs> well, that's cool. pretty cool.
1: We've got old glossies and 8x10s, and it's all piled up. Duke's trash can. Uh, I, I think that was just a trash can. It was. I may be confusing with just a trash can in the building, but I assumed it was Duke Trossy's trash can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, Owen hit the ends of Gary, knocked Sean outside, but when he got him in, Sean kicked out, and eventually Owen missed another kick. Sean hit his super kick for the win. You have the network, go watch this. You know, it's it's really good.
1: It was nice to see Owen get another uh, stand as a headliner because once Brett sort of finished him off, he mostly became like little rascal of a tag team champ for most of that year. Slammy award so winning. He has one heart backer.
0: Yes. Did he carry a slammys around later this year? Because he he took the he took the one for knocking out Shawn Michaels. So
1: well, I guess we'll find out. I was gonna say I, he was. A, I thought his, there was no Slammy's the previous year, so all of his Slammy victories will start this
0: year. Yes, in 96 is when he, uh, the night before WrestleMania, I believe. Yeah. There was no Hall of Fame that year, so.
1: Yes. none then of uh, Ahmed Johnson, definitely the impactful newcomer of the year over ringmaster Steve <laughs> Austin.
0: <laughs> well, you know, hindsight. <laughs> uh, while they uh, set up the cage, Roddy Piper came out for an interview. He set up some stuff for WrestleMania, said Michael Jackson wasn't innocent, cultivator inbred, and he says he wears the jock strap incorrectly. Jim Cornette came out and they bantered. There you go.
1: Just a general Roddy Piper promo it's, of
0: the nineties. Yeah. Do you listen to his podcast? No, sir. It's, it's picture of Roddy Piper had a podcast and uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. He's very rambly at times, is all I'll say.
1: Baby Jesus.
0: <laughs> Alright. Main event time, Diesel versus Brett in the titular Rage in the Cage, also (laughs) like the titular in your house. Uh, I'm a big fan of these two wrestling. This one just didn't work, because they had worked nine prior cage matches on house shows earlier in the year. This one was slow in plotting. The enclosed space didn't seem to help. Brett works the leg. Diesel lumbers around. The somewhat famous ending is Diesel's about to win. When the Undertaker comes out through the ring, grabs Diesel, drags him down to hell, I presume, because steam pours out of the hole, Brett escapes the cage. Diesel soon emerges from the hole with his pants ripped. (laughs) Certainly a creative ending, and one we've seen in recent years, including a few weeks ago, I believe. Although Brett looked like a chump yet again.
1: Of all the terrible plights he endured, he, he does really seem to resent this Championship reign from the way he won the title to the way all these pay per view title defenses went, and then to, I guess, the way he was portrayed jogging on ice in the build up to the Sean match, which I'm sure you have a long section on based on how much he talks about that. I remember, uh, for one, I think he said it was just. To have the Bret Hart-Kevin Nash match, the cage made it hard to do all the things they would do to have those good matches, and Nash had cracked ribs. Oh,
0: there you go. All right, on to uh, March. We started getting vignettes from Mankind, featuring him in a sewer or something, petting a rat and giving scary McFoley speeches. And apparently his pet rat belonged to Jim Cornette's girlfriend. You'd never really seen Foley before, right? Because he was a WCW mainstay. What, What did you make of all this?
1: Oh, I saw all WCW. I never saw ECW, but I watched WCW from uh, ninety-one on. So I'm one of those people who should think Sting was a big deal, and yet somehow have a way to contextualize things beyond my memories as a baby.
0: (laughs) I felt bad for his kids, like their dad is portrayed as this hideous monster.
1: Yes, and he shaved part of his head to wear that mask, right?
0: That's right. Yeah. You already had the bad ear, but there you go. Mm-hmm.
1: It was strange because it, it kind of like well, Cactus Jack is already cool, but um, I think becoming him and then the the uh, getting to work with Undertaker the way he did is like a for a while there, mankind was like a supernatural creature or at least a monster of of fairy tales who lived in basements and talked to rats as you <laughs> said Paul Bear managed him as he, when Paul Bear only worked with the supernatural So, and then somehow mankind became the actual mixoly guy by having an interview with Jim Ross about eating worms so it was certainly an interesting journey for that <laughs> man
0: uh, also started getting some clips of the ultimate warrior and they're saying, what about the rumors of the Warrior's return? Like, they show footage of him if he wasn't coming back. Vince was funny. He was like, hope you know what you're doing, Roddy Piper. And uh, then we had clips of little kids asking Piper to bring the Warrior back because they re- remembered Papa Shango making him vomit when they were four. <laughs> what do you know? And he came back to face uh, Helmsley, of all people. So, were you pumped by this, remembering uh, being old enough to actually remember the Warrior?
1: I've been twice bitten, thrice shy, or whatever was it Goes to him. I remember um, during 1994 or or early 95. I thought I was curious that WWF Magazine had an article that talked about Dream Matchup: Who would win? Strengths and weaknesses: Ultimate Warrior or Mr. Bob Backlund. Um, <laughs> thought it was interesting that that was positioned as a Dream Match, let alone like a star of the past versus one of the great stars of today, but. I was up for it then, and then to see it actually happen was, yeah, I'll take him. I'll take the Ultimate Warrior.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, so we had a WrestleMania main event of Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, and Roddy Piper made it an Iron Man match to ensure there would be no controversy. Haha. Uh Justin, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, it was Shawn Michaels' dream, since he was a boy, to be the champion, unlike every other wrestler who is presumably disinterested in such things or only does it for the money. Then we got some uh, pure sports build in the following weeks with interviews and training segments. Sean went back to his trainers, <laughs> Super Sock Jose Lothario, who suddenly became a player in the main event of WrestleMania. We saw our vignettes of Sean training and doing lucha. Well, Brett got beat up by his dad in Canada and uh, ran on the ice.
1: Yes, and certainly they both turned to some, some old fellows first. assistance. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't – I mean, Sean did some Lucha Libres, but for (laughs) some reason he was like, you know what I need to really connect as the youthful star for this company is for my dad type guy to manage me all the time.
0: (laughs) I thought Brett was uh, so awesome in these interviews he did because he's just like, yeah, Sean's good, but I'm better. I'm tough, he isn't. There aren't tough Mexican wrestlers, and I'm a better role model. And you could tell he believed a million percent of all of this. And they didn't really have confrontations on Raw, they just kept beating guys. Not you know, not tippy top guys, but they both of them just kept winning.
1: He was so believable doing those snide, uh, subtle heel interviews that it's just been retroactively added into the Sean Brett real life heat when if you listen to either of them, they were pretty much fine with, you know, probably the underlying tension of their um, competition for the top spot. They were fine with each other. They weren't at each other's throats yet. And But Brett was just such a good method actor doing those uh, dickish <laughs> promos that uh, people just added to like Can you believe what he said? What about Adam then? Brett's as unprofessional as Sean. <laughs> uh,
0: we also had uh, Diesel and the Undertaker set up. Uh, Diesel took an axe and chopped up the Undertaker's casket, which meant He didn't have a place to sleep, I don't know. (laughs) He'd find out just take the urn, like everyone else. And he beat a Paul Bear during a tag match. Undertaker responded in the usual fashion, having the lights go out, appearing in the ring, and also rolling a casket to the ring with a fake diesel inside. Pretty, pretty paint by numbers, but still intriguing because they had had zero interaction in the previous three years and they were both big you know, seemingly indestructible monsters.
1: That was, I think that was part of the turnaround here, a light turnaround compared to what was to come. And it didn't didn't feel like one because when you're, all of a sudden your ratings are uh, less than something else, it doesn't seem like you're successful. But in 1995 and 94, for the most part, uh, Brett, and Undertaker, and then Diesel and Sean, when they turned babyface, spent that whole year working with just a cavalcade of shitty, shitty heels (laughs) with minimal charisma. So when they finally started pairing each other up in babyface matches, it was like, whoa, these are interesting new matches.
0: Indeed. Uh, Let's see. Raw the night after the pay-per-view, opened with Razor Amon against Goldust in an intercontinental title match. The end result was Goldust leaving the ring and getting intentionally counted out post Ramon got on the mic and said he was tired of this. He didn't want the title. He just wanted Goldust's ass, which was curious verbiage to me. The impression was that it would lead to some sort of non-title street fight at uh, WrestleMania. The next week, Goldust calls into the show, reads a poem about Roddy Piper, and we have a radical shift with Ramon's name never being mentioned. So what happened? Well, Ramon, or Scott Hall, uh, gave his notice on uh, February 21st, two days after the Raw where they set all this up. On that same day, he was suspended for six weeks go failure for a drug test, which kept him off WrestleMania and caused a change of plans. So, uh, yeah, go figure. Go figure, indeed.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then that's the last we ever saw of Razor Ramon until his Hall of Fame induction.
0: Well, he had the um, one last match on the In Your House against Vader, which we will uh, yes, that is true. get to next that time. True. But
1: yeah, basically for the most part, that will. Did Razor appear on TV? I don't think he just showed up that pay per view and did the job, right? He
0: he also took part in the uh, tag title tournament, which we'll get into. But uh, more problems.
1: Okay. I think more they they
0: necessity. even taped the announcement that they were going going to
1: have a not a Miami backlot brawl, but like a Miami Cubano, street fight in the barrio or something like that. Yeah, yeah like a, a
0: barrio street fight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, also worth noting, about a week or two later, Kevin Nash gave his notice as well. Mm-hmm. And I remember being online at the time, and you see these, like, headlines, like, two WWF champions headed to WCW, and people are like, Smoking oh, guns or... the
1: Quebecers.
0: <laughs> like the Quebecers, who did show up <laughs> later on. But no, it was Ramon and Diesel, and it was like, oh my god, like, what's, what's happening here? And, uh, a lot of things are happening. But, um we'll get to that later on. I don't know that we
1: will. We're not uh,
0: Joe versus World Championship Wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, everything is so closely interconnected. Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to come
1: up. We have to cover it, though, because the WWF was invading WCW. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That falls under our purview.
0: Um, So Goldust was now consumed with Roddy Piper. He did a skit in the old Piper's Pit set playing the bagpipes. They uh, had a confrontation, and Piper agreed to a back left Brawl, rightfully pointing out he had actually been in movies where Goldust had not. And um Piper was actually really good here. Like, uh, he did a good job putting over Goldust and him being the champion and still setting up, like, really making something out of, something had to be tossed together very quickly.
1: Was it significantly better than the Piper versus Lawler feud?
0: In Indeed. Or
1: anything Piper <laughs> yes. had <done> suddenly. <laughs> right but, until so. he goes to... uh Tap out? No. Sleep out Hulk Hogan at (laughs) Cave. The biggest buy rate, I think, in WCW history to that point.
0: Around that, yeah. So, the Ringmaster had a match against Mario Gennetti. Now with a newly shaven head, plain black trunks and still white boots, Vince immediately said, you talk about a stone-cold man. He uh, still had the million-dollar belt and no real heat, but it was a start. Vince dropped the stone-cold line again post-match. Then on March 11th, he had a match with Savio Vega, and they just went to hyperdrive for the Stone Cold talk. I remember watching that match and being like, God damn, enough, we get yeah. it. His name's Stone Cold now. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs>
0: that match went to a double countout to set up a rematch at WrestleMania. So, yeah, Stone Cold. He's a Stone Cold man. Stone
1: Cold. Stone Cold. <laughs>
0: They uh, had announced Vader versus Yokozuna for WrestleMania, but during a handicap match uh, featuring Yoko against Owen and Davey Boy, Vader came down for the DQ, and Jake the Snake and Ahmed Johnson made the save. They, the Six had another brawl after a uh, Yokozuna-Taker versus Owen Davey Boy-Smith match. Finally, Camp Cornett was in the ring on Raw for an interview when Vince brought up the fact that uh, the Faces had laid out a challenge for a six-man tag, which Cornett readily agreed to. Then he's talking about how Yokozuna is an idiot and Mr. Fuji won't be able to help him because he's in the hospital and too bad he fell down those stairs and Cornette saw the whole thing happen. It's like, whoa, time out. What, what's happening here? Off-camera, Mr. Fuji face turned? Mm, classic Did push him down the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fuji murder mystery. <laughs> and, um,
1: anyway, he the was the face uh, t- assaulted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that peanut cock into a jar walk into a jar. (laughs) Two peanuts walk into a jar and one was assaulted. would be an even better upgrade for that joke. We're doing good work
0: here. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the the faces appear on the Titan Tron, such as it was back then, and say they added the stipulation that if they win, Yokozuna gets five minutes alone with Jim Cornette and James E. has a heart attack. I don't know why he didn't sign anything. He (laughs) agreed to one thing, and the other party added a stipulation. I don't know why he's obligated to honor that. He's also a bad person who, you know, does weasel his way out of things. I don't know why he felt the way to go down the honorable path on this one.
1: He should have spoken to his attorney, Clarence Mason. (laughs) He was. Clarence Mason was around. That's how they got Vader back. Whoa. Well, huh. Sleep at the wheel there. Not understanding his rights. What are the Joey Miranda rights of uh, not having to accept <laughs> stipulation? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my. There was a quick, uh, hey, smoking guns got hurt, so tournament time announcement so fast. It was like, whoa, what's happening? Turns out Billy hurt his neck at the Rumble, needed surgery. That kept him out for a little bit, not too long, but I guess they felt like they needed something at WrestleMania. You may ask yourself where they got eight teams from. Well, here you go. <laughs> it was the Body Donna's, the Godwins, Dave Boy Smith and Owen, the Bushwhackers, yes, in 1996. Razor and Savio, more on that in a second. It's Tonka and the 123 Kid. Hakushi and Barry Horowitz. And the new rockers of Mario and Leif Cassidy. Leaf Cassidy being Al Snow, playing yet another character, because he's also Shinobi the Ninja around this time. Uh, the rockers were heels now. Gimmick being they thought they were awesome, but they were just geeks. And, uh, Leaf wasn't too far off from, uh, too, wasn't too far off from, uh, Bailey's gimmick. <laughs> being- very pleased to be in the ring with any superstars. Leaf Cassidy being a combination of Leaf Garrett and David Cassidy, who were teen idols in the 70s, and I didn't get the joke back then, so.
1: Same. I did yeah. not understand who were the ad geniuses who thought. <laughs> okay, so let's take um, Marty Janetti, and for some reason his gimmick became like out of touch rocker along with Leaf. Like, these guys think. They rock, or something like that. <laughs> so let's make them the heels, and then let's make the two fitness guys our new babyface tag team. And uh, there you go. Okay. I hate this yeah, ex- exciting <laughs> Rockers Reborn um, cheating against the twin gym. I was going to say gymnast. I don't even know what the body donnas were at this point. They got progressively less interested in working out.
0: I suppose. Uh, Let's see. So, the body donnas beat the Bushwhackers. Cam Cornett beat Hakushi and Horowitz. Godwins beat the New Rockers, and Razor and Savio beat Tatanka and the Kid. problem with that last result is Razor got suspended afterwards, so they did a blind draw for a partner, and wouldn't you know it, they came up with Savio's arch-nemesis, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. Needless to say, they did not get along. Austin refused to tag, and in the end just attacked Savio, causing them to lose. Godwins beat Owen and Davy Boy by DQ when the New Rockers attacked them, so hell of a tournament. They had the finals of the tournament on the pre-show, and uh, Dave Meltz was very unhappy. The tag titles were on the pre-show. And for the next five Manias, they were on the main show. And it gets a little messy after that, because there were two sets of tag belts. So at 19, one was on, the other was on the pre-show. And then at 21, 23, 24, there were no tag titles and then they actually unified the belts on the pre-show <laughs> at 25, and they've gone on and off since then. And we ended up with the belts defended on the pre-show this year, so there you go.
1: Hmm. Yes, well, maybe, so the, the world title was often Raw exclusive, and the uh, WWE title was SmackDown exclusive, and then the tag titles were pre-show
0: exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, a note from the Mark Pre-Show 4th of- brand. From the March 4th Observer, a newcomer named either Craig Johnson or Dwayne Johnson got a pinned over <laughs> brawler. Not sure who the guy was, but it was a tryout match, and he looked green, but okay.
1: Sonning another green, jacked-up bodybuilder guy? Get <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the times, man. I mean, are you talking about Darren Drozdov? Is this that guy?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> it didn't end up being him. I guess. I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, Speaking of debuts, we got our first look at Mark Henry, Olympian, on the March 11th Raw.
1: Whoa, Uh, hey.
0: They called into the ring, and Henry gave him a press slam. They actually sold out Massive Square Garden for a show on the 17th, the first sellout in years. And uh, they showed footage of Diesel and Sean against Bretton Taker, where Diesel got DQ'd for going nuts with a chair and then attacked Sean post-match two to plant some seeds for later on.
1: That was a gigantic angle... That for some reason they gave to MSG, House Show, and footage aired later. Hmm. Uh, seemed like that, as well as that match, the, the headline of that garden show, wasn't it? Um, Brett and The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels and Diesel? Yep. I feel like that was probably better than any match that headlined Raw that year. <laughs> Could be. Could be.
0: Alright, on to WrestleMania. WrestleMania 12. A uh, fairly eventful pre-show. We started with the Tag Tournament Finals, which went all of five minutes. The Body Dinners took some great bumps and uh, hit a cool double slingshot suplex. And well, I don't think they were this great lost tag team. They were a bit ahead of their time, and I think they'd fit in fine today. Uh, Finished off. Uh, Phineas about to hit the slop drop on Skip. Sunny hops up on the apron, flashed him, distracted him because he is a man-child of sorts, and allowed Skip to roll him up for the pin and the tag titles.
1: When now what's funny is if this was 1997, Steve Austin and Savio Vega would have just won the whole tournament as feuding partners. <laughs> that's true.
0: They were ahead of their time.
1: What if, what if they did, let's see, what if it was Leaf Cassidy and Skip as like the extreme team of hot baby faces against Jeanette and Tom Pritchard as the old vets cutting the ring mm. in And Now that's the way. Or what if they just did it the way I said before? Or what if they just wrestled on the show instead of uh, the Godwins? All these options are acceptable.
0: Indeed. Uh, Then we have the epic showdown between the Huckster and the Nacho Man. Thankfully, you didn't have to pay for this, and I guess if they put it on regular pay-per-view and made people pay for it, it would cause legal problems. This was filmed in front of a small crowd in a warehouse with Vince and Jerry Lawler being silhouetted, Mystery Science Theater 3000 style at the bottom. I think they replaced the Huckster because this guy looked even older than <gasps> the original Hector. No.
1: Just like The Undertaker uh, and The Ultimate Warrior.
0: Uh, I believe Jerry Lawler made an Alzheimer's joke about Ronald Reagan and said about the Huckster, the pharmacy gave him what nature took away. I don't know if that means hair or his physique, but uh, anyway, both competitors promptly. <laughs> Both competitors promptly die. A little morbid in retrospect, given... Savage also like The stayed. Undertaker.
1: <laughs> the only people where the match has ended
0: due to death. Oh. And then uh, FTC Man shows up, Ted has a heart attack, and the whole proceedings are brought to a merciful end.
1: Uh, yeah so this is March 1996. <laughs> 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 There's more where this came from.
0: Indeed. Uh, Not the with show these open
1: characters, like... but... uh
0: No. <laughs> you know. Uh, the show opened legit with a six-man tag of, uh, Camp Cornette versus Jake, Ahmed, and Yokozuna, and, uh, it was fine. All three faces took turns playing the Face in Peril. Mr. Fuji made a cameo waving the American flag for the good guys, which was somewhat jarring. They, uh, let Jake kick out of the running power slam and the Vader splash for some reason. It breaks down, Cornette interferes. Vader gets in with a Vader bomb on Jake, so... Yokozuna doesn't get five minutes with Cornette, though. So I have to ask, what was the point? Like, why emphasize a good guy's failure? Isn't, like, losing enough? Who, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Joe
1: Cagney. I don't I don't have, have all the answers. Indeed. I will say it's funny you have, like, the three best slash only heels in the company against one shitty babyface team. <laughs> in my like, I know we redid a WrestleMania 11. I don't know how you can make like a good 12 top to bottom, mm. not unless you can pull uh, Razor Ramon and one two three kid out of mothballs. <laughs> uh,
0: up next was the backlot brawl filmed in a movie set backlot. Goldust pulled up in a gold Cadillac, and Piper just beat the shit out of him for a few minutes. There were some random people cheering on Piper. It was certainly brutal, but. Also, kind of weird, like not taking place in the building. Finally, Goldust got in his car, ran Piper over, and drove off. Now Piper got in a White Ford Bronco and pursued. More on that in a bit. Hmm.
1: I, um, When you're talking about Piper's podcast, I heard, uh, Goldust talk at some length about this on the Renee Young show, WrestleMania yes. podcast, so that was interesting. Uh,.
0: On to Stone Cold Steve Austin against Savio Vega. Man, I'll tell you what, Justin. Austin and Savio had some hellacious matches back in the day.
1: (laughs) He could work. Savio could work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And there was some nice physicality in the match, but the people just didn't care. Like, Savio was slotted where he was, and Austin was not yet Austin. Not helping matters was they cut away from the match to show Piper driving to the arena in a Ford Bronco, inserting footage of the famous O.J. Simpson police chase which probably goes over your head if someone just stumbles upon this show today on the network. Back to the match. As odd as it was, there was a ref bump. Austin used the belt twice, slept on the Million Dollar Dream, which looked for all the world like a chin lock, and the ref woke up, called for the bell. not terribly inspiring.
1: Hmm. Um, Well, I guess one way to improve this WrestleMania would just have this be any of the other uh, Savio-Austin. The strap matches they had, which were really good, not this, which was just a match.
0: Yeah, indeed. Triple H versus The Ultimate Warrior, who did get a huge ovation. ovation. If you haven't seen this show, you probably have seen this or know how it goes, like Triple H attacks at the bell. It's a quick pedigree. Warrior no-sells, does warrior things, wins in about 100 seconds, and the uh, bull cut kid goes nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, later on, when Vince mentioned the warrior, he said WBF in a Freudian slip, so make it that way, you will. <laughs> Uh, Yeah,
1: I don't think there's any joke worth making about the fact that Hunter Hearst Helmsley was squished by the Ultimate Warrior that hasn't been made in the last 15 years, so (laughs) definitely a thing.
0: Still funny. Mm -hmm. And uh, as previously mentioned, Triple H was accompanied by Sable. Backstage, we cut to Todd interviewing the debuting Mark Merrow, the former Johnny B. Bad in WCW. Triple H interrupts to yell at Sable, they have a pull apart, and there you go. Uh,
1: Also, yep, Definitely.
0: Say any, <laughs>
1: anything about the Wild Man and Sable, well, I'm sure they'll come up again.
0: They, yes, we will mention them again.
1: Although Marrow and Hunter was like an IC program. A big deal.
0: It was. Later on, we'll get to that uh, at some
1: point. Wait, who is the... Oh, Gold Dust had the belt now.
0: Yes. Okay. Alright. Diesel against the Undertaker. I, I hadn't watched this in forever. I didn't know, uh, couldn't remember if Diesel tanked it since he was leaving, or they inspired each other somehow. I thought the ceiling would have been maybe Batista versus Taker from Mania 24, which is probably unfair, because Taker was still kind of old-school zombie Taker at that point. It wasn't bad, but it, it did kind of drag. Diesel hit the jackknife, just kind of stood around for a while. Undertaker sits up, Diesel hits another one, stands around. Taker grabs his throat, hits a slam. Tombstone goes to 5-0. and o.
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say, I mean, it was certainly better than... Taker Sid, and probably on par, if not better, than a lot of the Undertaker Kane matches, or the two Undertaker Kane matches.
0: But not a classic. Yeah. All right. You would think we would jump to the main event, but no. Goldust drove back to the arena for some reason. Hey,
1: hold up. (laughs) Wait. Now Diesel smashed up Undertaker's casket. Did Undertaker Mm -hmm. have a casket in his entrance at this? Thing?
0: I don't think so I think he just uh, came to the ring hmm.
1: I wonder because I, w- I was thinking about you didn't think it was a big deal to chop up that casket but then I, I agreed with you and then I said but wait it's not just a casket it's a portal to for one the ancient Ireland of yore that <laughs> is underneath the ring and then who knows where <laughs> else Other assorted various, the dark side probably I assume that, the, yeah, the dark side is, like, where whatever, like, purple world Nightcrawler goes to when he teleports. So, <laughs> yeah, that casket was like, uh, what's another, uh, um, uh, uh, those little um, mirror whirlpool things in uh, A Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. He gets in one and goes to the dark world. <laughs> trying to maybe the 1996 era. Sure. <laughs> never played oh, the Ocarina of Time, Joe. No. <laughs> Too many dimensions. <laughs> and that's just the two, the Dark World
0: and the Light World. Anyway, you think we'd jump to the main event, but no. Goldust drove back to the arena for some reason, Piper in hot pursuit. They ended up in the ring, brawl to more. Goldust gained the advantage until he kissed Piper, which made Piper grab his ball. <laughs> Goldust, that is, not Piper's. <laughs> Piper stripped Goldust down to lingerie, as detailed in that Renee Young podcast. Goldust ran away, and I guess Piper won.
1: And Cody washed it with Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Strange times. Strange indeed. I, I mean, maybe it would have been... Well, almost certainly would have been better if they just had an heated brawl that started in the ring and went around, but... Uh, and not a lot of competition, but it's really one of the highlights of the show, and probably just for how weird it was, has gone down as like part of WrestleMania lore type stuff. Also, Racine on Cato. We recorded our la- Kato Kalin. We taped that last show so many times. Did we ever actually <laughs> tell them that they like wanted to bring in Cato the year before Kato Kalin?
0: We we did mention that yes, because he was the ultimate house guest.
1: Oh yeah, in your house. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs>
0: Alright, main event time, Iron Man match. Before the match, Gorilla Monsoon was back as president in the company, which is good because his replacement had just got done street fighting another employee. Then, a uh, Sexy Boy played and only Jose Lothario came out, which <laughs> made me giggle. Then, uh, Sean rappelled down from the ceiling, which honestly made me a little nervous, even <laughs> knowing he was fine. Um, Brett just came out, and as for the match, I thought it was very good. Not, probably not excellent. There were some Nice touches, both men pulling out some new offense, try and score the win. Sean took those standard crazy bumps. But having no pinfalls just killed it for me. Uh, they've done an hour-long Iron Man match four other times. Do you remember them, Justin?
1: I was at one. It was Benoit and Triple H in the city of Pittsburgh. Right.
0: Probably the worst or second-worst one.
1: I was at two! Cena and Orton at um, Bragging Rights. That's right. And then uh, on Rock and Hunter... Probably, the, mm-hmm. if not the best athletically, probably, well, who knows. Angle uh, Lesnar was good, too.
0: I mean, Yes, you got all four. I had totally forgotten about uh, Orton Cena. So did Ragged I. <laughs> Dragging so, rights concept. That was but like every a other, funny match. Be- well, who cares? You
1: know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who fucking cares?
0: In every other hour-long Iron Man match, there were at least seven falls. Because that, that's the point. One guy gets ahead, the other guy has to catch up. And I don't know what's wrong with each guy scoring some pinfalls. Like, if Brett scores the first two, Sean catches up and wins. Is that that terrible? But anyway, at the end, Brett has Sean the sharpshooter. Time expires. He just lets go and takes off. Like, oh, I'm done. Gorilla gets on the mic, says there must be a winner, so we're going to overtime. Brett's like, huh? Like, he didn't like they didn't figure this out beforehand?
1: Yeah, you'd like, think. I
0: <laughs> like, what happens they, if it's a tie? I know what happens if there's overtime in
1: the Super Bowl. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Yeah, The team with the more the team's like, oh, I'm out of here We have the larger regular season points differential So we'll take the
0: trophy <laughs> Should work like that I mean, granted Although to be fair, overtime's never happened in the Super Bowl So that may still occur That's good. true
1: If McNabb ever gets back there, and I can't rule it out He may
0: <laughs> wonder what's
1: going on Yeah, I'm I'm sure Brett was also bothered by, well, you know, they had, they let uh, Sean soar through the skies like an eagle, and then I'm walking out there on my feet like an idiot dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like they're putting bullets in me, saying, I mean, Get out of here. We hate, we hate you so bad. You're not Sean.
0: I'm pretty sure that's what Sean said post-match. <laughs> uh, which he won. Uh, after they wrestled for two minutes, Sean hit two super kicks for the win. New champ. Tells Brett to get the fuck out of the ring. Brett heads to Lonesome Dove. Sean poses as the building empties.
1: I uh, I have a unique take on this match, Joe. Do
0: tell, because I remember you and Mr. Foy, <laughs> you re- recast every WrestleMania main event. And you were like, checks out, moving on to 14 <laughs> or 13. I thought, hmm, I could
1: make some changes here. Um, Well, I think what we, Sean going over Brett in the main event check. I doubt is the thing that's yes. been happening this time. Um, so many people, though, think they're, like, have this radical opinion that this match is overrated and it was l- too long. And But everyone <laughs> says that! I think everyone agrees <laughs> on that to the point where that match has now become underrated for, like, not being a complete piece of shit that people think it is. Like, it was. <laughs> they set out to have, obviously, one of the great matches of all time and didn't. But, uh... You know, everyone agrees that, uh, what you said, they should have done some falls. Or even, I think it was an artistic decision to do none. So in that case, it would have been better without the the marathon stips. They should have just done mm-hmm. a 60-minute match. But, yeah, I'm guessing, because it wasn't the story like Pat Patterson and some other guys wanted it to be that match because they thought it, it could be the greatest match of all time, but they probably had... Maybe different ideas for how it would work, or they just... Man, I don't know. Everyone agrees, though, is they should have done some stips or some finishes, or they should not even one one piece, or they could have just had a, a regular match. What it was advertised ahead of time too is like, come see the greatest match in WWE history. This will surely be.
0: Indeed, how do we how do we feel about this WrestleMania? I mean. It's largely dependent on the main event, which is good, but it's not one I'd want to pull out and rewatch because there's not a lot of terrible stuff. It's not memorable too. It's, I don't know. It would be in the certainly the lower I don't know lower half of WrestleMania, especially given the since 20 and onward of having usually good shows. I don't know. Where, where do you rank? it? Yeah, I, I don't think it
1: was bad. bad, but it, it was just inoffensive up and down. Showing that they're good, good at executing the moves of a wrestling match, even if they could have put them in a more interesting uh, order. Or, I mean, the order was fine. They got faster as it went along. But, you know. Uh, yeah, and then up and down. It's like we said, If you, it's hard to even juice up this card to have hot matches up and down. It's leg, so it's, I don't think it falls in like the ones that are like disastrously bad where the show sucked because clearly there was fine stuff on it, it just doesn't get there.
0: Do you think they would have been better off radical idea uh, having Diesel have the title going into Mania and having and basically doing the Good Friends Better Enemies match, would that have been a stronger start for Sean, who you want to make this franchise guy, but you have him win under dubious circumstances?
1: That's interesting, because it's a it's a year-long long story from when he lost the year before and double-turned it, and you've built up Diesel for a year. I think Diesel was just such a box office poison that they had to hit the eject button on it. <laughs> Definitely, uh, Brett and Sean seem like the stars of the company more than Kevin Nash did at that point. And I don't know right. the last time they'd worked with each other. I know they were advertising to have a match on one of the first um, head-to-head Nitro Raws, but did not. Mm. And, and, boy, I wonder. I'm
0: when was the last time we worked they, together? Uh, Brett and Brett, Probably 92 Survivor Series? Mm,
1: the last high-profile one, for sure. Like, I wonder if they had some kind of... Uh, forgettable Super Tape-esque match at some point during Brett's world title run. But
0: so did, that did have the uh, the first ladder match when Brett was, I believe, IC champ. Mm-hmm. Much to his consternation, he and Razor and Sean stole his idea and ran with it on pay-per-view. Yeah,
1: I think I've heard that before, too.
0: <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah, it seems a good place to stop. Beginning of the Shawn Michaels era, there are going to be some depth issues up top with... the <laughs> several high-profile people leaving or on uh, or in exile, and um, some new faces coming in, and uh, some big events coming up. So next time, I think we'll go through King of the Ring. Seems a good place to stop for the next chapter. Whenever we uh, get around to that, hopefully our recording issues are fixed by then, but I think this will uh, come together fairly nicely.
1: You know, we have to compete for bandwidth on uh, TheCubsFan.com, so if I get there first, you're out of luck, uh, man. Have to put that site on.
0: I don't know, Sand Space.
1: <laughs>
0: I know. Uh, I will be heading to Money in the Bank this oh,
1: year. Oh yeah. But,
0: uh, interesting event. I know you like interviewing I like people.
1: To interview people who went to attending
0: shows. live WWE shows. So perhaps the lifeblood. <laughs> let's book okay, it. Let's
1: announce that show in advance.
0: All right. You know what? You
1: I realized thinking about it, we must be coming up on. Like, the nine-year anniversary of the first Joe vs. the World.
0: I think we've passed eight. It was 06 I we started.
1: 06 plus 8. 14. Oh, okay. So we have two whole years to prepare for the...
0: uh, Oh, the enormous 10th anniversary.
1: Decadence. Is it like uh, Brock Lesnar or The Rock, where all those years they weren't professionally wrestling are not treated as years? You were active, or do we...
0: They were active in other endeavors, not the main one they're known yes. for.
1: I can see that, yeah. You were raising a child. I think that's as good as any podcast.
0: I think that's... It depends right. on the podcast, I guess, but yeah.
1: I like Comedy Bang Bang, for sure. <laughs> you have many legacies, Joe Gangney,
0: as a man. I know.
1: Just uh, first reported on those Kings of the Ring in the 80s.
0: I <laughs> That's a good continuity job, thing that was two days ago. <laughs>
1: it's, true. it's true. We're in the future, and you're that mm.
0: Well, I thank you, Justin, for uh, working through our technical gaps, and uh, coming up with a pretty damn good show, I feel.
1: If you have them still recorded, <laughs> maybe you can make a, a legitimate blooper reel of all the times we were talking, and then I petulantly <laughs> started swearing when the recording died. <laughs>
0: Oh, and uh, when I asked if, uh, I think I had asked you how you felt about the Royal Rumble not being last for the 20th time, and I I asked him before, you're like,
1: who cares at this point?
0: That was left in.
1: Oh, man. Well, that's why, yes, that was the part we just uh, got stuck, Skype, (laughs) Skype kept Skyping with us. Like a goddamn pro, you were like, take four, (laughs) about that (laughs) number 30 in the Royal Rumble, and... I hit my mark a few times, and then eventually I just couldn't do it, believably, anymore. But that was the pivot that the show pivoted on, as Ross Did Geller once said on a late-era episode of Friends. I will say, hey. <laughs> in the narrative sense, I would say this episode concludes our Joes versus the world covering the New Generation era. I think with Razor, Diesel leaving... Austin, Foley, et cetera, coming in, and um, uh, Brett leaving. That's pretty I'd say, tie a bow on the uh, the new generation right here. Sounds good to me. All right.
0: Are we going to get some attitude
1: next time? Some uh, ramping up of some, maybe not attitude, but just some general
0: peevishness. Yeah,
1: this is the rude era in between the new generation and the attitude. It was just slightly, they'll figure it out.
0: It was impolite.
1: (laughs) Yep. It was uncooked, uncensored, and what's the other one?
0: Uh, Uncooked, uncut, uncensored?
1: Yeah, yep.
0: There you go. Yep. I feel bad ending the show because it feels our audio gaps have <laughs> ceased. We've gone more than 15 minutes, which was the time limit of the previous We recorded
1: this minutes. in increments.
0: <laughs> we, <laughs> we did. Could,
1: uh, it's like uh, we had an oxygen tank and it would run out. <laughs> and then... We'd reset, hit our marks, and resume. So this one was go. a real, they're all labors of love, but this
0: one was actual. Uh, there's you know, a lot of love going on here. pretty
1: laborious.
0: Almost loves labor loss,
1: <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> a little Shakespeare
0: yeah. to end the proceedings. Beautiful. Well. All right, I think we went like, I think this will be about an hour, 45 minutes, all things considered. We'll see. So
1: you were right about knowing we were only going to get through that in the normal amount of time.
0: I just started recapping and the notes get piling up and it's like yeah we'll uh, we'll do three months. My, oh my, that's a lot easier. You only have to consider three pay per views and twelve rods or that so. This
1: is true. This is true. Especially with all the moving and shaking going on.
0: Of course, with Beware of Dog, I guess we'll have an additional pay per view <laughs> next time, Joe.
1: <laughs> well, well, do we should do a Beware of Dog tribute? Show. I guess this was our Beware of Dog tribute. Show. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Well, so Money in the Bank is earlier this year, right? Is it the end of June?
0: June 29th, I want to oh say. Oh, my
1: God. Well, I'll book you then for an official <laughs> Justin Shapiro right, show. Unless Skype is like this, in which case I will kill myself. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, uh, I will note you just had a Justin Shapiro show with Matt Feuerstein last week, uh, going over recent happenings in the old WWE. I forgot to plug.
1: I have actual plugs from once.
0: Yes. That's right. On this...
1: My sister show or more daughter show of Joe vs. the World is me occasionally uh digging around uh audio wise it's um less infuriating for me to do now that I realized that the default setting of recording Skype was like the lowest quality possible, so anytime I would do it, it'd say this sounds terrible, and <laughs> it's ridiculous for you to expect people to listen to it. I'm disgusted now I got a new mic and I told it to record on a higher setting, and I think it should be good. We have some exciting uh sponsors paying for the show, so yeah, it um let it not be said that that show does not exist
0: cool, and uh if you can't get enough Matt forierstein and who who really can? He uh, spent two and a half hours on our good friend Alan's shows at F4WOnline.com, talking 2007 Ring of Honor. Now, a subscriber, don't worry, it's a free show. So go check that out. Looking that's some some uh, four-plus hours of Mr. Foy.
1: That's right. Two of me in the last um, couple months, then this, plus y- you and Alan, plus me and Alan. Sounds deeply <laughs> incestuous.
0: It's like... uh I don't know if you ever saw the movie uh, Hype about the Seattle music scene, and there was someone who had like a Sweet flow chart of, Seattle. of people in bands, and it was like someone who played drums in this band was a bassist in another. And someone said you just kept running into the same people, and that's how I feel about these podcasts. You just keep running into the same people.
1: I think you're the mud honey of.
0: Uh, oh, I appreciate that. You're the tad of uh, these, for me, Justin. Thank you. <laughs> all right. I'm going to wrap it up here before this goes kablooey. So I want to thank you all for listening. We'll be back at some point, me and Justin's show, Justin on mine, both of us on Matt's show. I don't know, but you'll hear us soon. So thanks for listening. Talk to you in a while.